0: Welcome to South London Hardcore, I'm Jack McEnroy, my co-host is Steve Walsh. Hello. Our guests this week are Helen Zaltzman and Martin Austwick. From Answer Me This, a popular podcast transmitted from Crystal Palace. Helen is also the host of The Illusionist, a new podcast on Radiotopia. We'll give out links to all those things at the end of the show. Before our chat with Helen and Martin, let's just remind you to use the Amazon link on com everything you buy using that link provides much needed funding for the show and please sign up for an Amazon Prime free trial using the link and we'll get £5 for everyone that does so
1: also available on the website lovely selection of t-shirts in various
0: sizes and styles follow us on Twitter at SLHC Instagram the same Facebook.com slash Hardcore and find many other podcasts you might like on wholefastnetwork.com <laughs> Welcome to the show, Helen and Martin. Thank you. Thanks for having us. What a treat! Thanks for having us round. We're in your uh, Crystal Palace flat. Oh, can yeah. we say that?
2: Yes, I, I'm. I'm happy for people to know that we live in a flat. No, <laughs> in a vague here. geographical area. <laughs> yes, yeah, in the greater SE19 area.
0: We
3: could be SE20. We're,
2: we... we're over the border, though, Martin. Mm. It's it's very important.
0: <laughs> what are the two? What are 19 and 20?
2: Uh, I think twenty is Annalee. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, like I'm, Annerly, I think no I'm twenty. Wasn't.
1: Giving away all of our locations. I'm at the bottom of the hill. Mm. Yeah,
2: we're all off a major A road, but that's that's all <laughs> you're getting for the triangulation.
1: <laughs> and it's a hill, but it's all hills round here. That's the thing. Isn't it? Elevation. So I've I, mm. I've seen
2: some amazing times. So it, remember the winter where it was just super Narnia for like four mm. months. It was really cold, and there was hard packed snow on the hills around here. And I remember watching people try to drive a van up a, I think it was like a 30 degree gradient hill. I stood and watched that for a long time. Very entertaining.
1: I woke up one morning uh, around that time and I looked out the window, I had a cup of coffee, I looked out the window and there's this guy trying to leave where my flat is and just drive onto the road. And he got the car sort of out of the uh, exit and and up the hill and they just sort of went sideways and started sliding down. And I was like, I'm not going out in that. These people are lunatics. Mm. And I rang work and I was working at Waterstones at the time and they said, well, if you can't make it in, you need to go to your nearest one. I was huh? like, oh, I don't know if I go It was like Croydon as opposed to Pickett. And I was like, what well, if I can't make it? In, you have to make every effort, every effort. And I was like, we will do. And just put the kettle on. <laughs> that's, a, not, that's a big effort. I'm not going outside. You know, there's cars going sideways. There's no yeah. Uh, yeah. safe place to I'm be. I'm going to make an effort not to drive my car into someone's front front
3: room. That's, that's the effort I'm going to make. <laughs> you
2: yeah. could have slid all the way there. You could I, have put on curling shoes. I think I
1: would have slid all the way there. Yeah, very <laughs> oh, no, no. speedy. On
2: the way back, pretty difficult to get over the <laughs> hill slid to get all the home. way to A&E. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the fact, though, that uh, we live in a hilly place. Oh, it's tremendous. That's yeah. A, yeah. an enjoyable thing in London.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the views that
0: uh, you get around here are tremendous. You've got a view of uh, two TV aerials, haven't you? Yeah.
2: Well, one one of them is the radio transmitter, isn't it? The one that's a bit uglier and smaller. Oh, the
0: Croydon one. Is that yeah. radio?
2: and And the other one's t v is it still t v what's it actually up to since the i think
1: one's t v yeah one's t v and one's like a backup thing. we did um an episode about uh the tallest structures in South London. And they obviously made the list. Yes, mm.
2: isn't it one of the tallest points of South London, the or tallest points of London altogether? The oh, yeah, because it's on a it hill as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 it's really That's nailed it. Why they put it, there, isn't it? on the live... other
1: side of Crystal Palace, you've got Everest Court. Um... Everest, which is uh... four
2: hundred feet above sea level. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the oxygen running <laughs> from my head. Um, it, it, we've got this uh, old poster that they sell around the place, um, which is like the fresh air suburb. Because in Victorian <laughs> times, it was so healthy compared to being at Thames level, where everything was full of smog.
1: Yeah, it was all spas and uh, pleasure gardens around here at that time. Was point. it? What
2: yeah. happened? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened? All estate agents. Railways, down. railways. God damn you! <laughs> pleasure garden sounds like such an exotic thing now. That's a park. There's a it? movie
3: called The Pleasure Garden actually. It's the shot in Crystal Palace uh, oh, right. Park. right. Yeah, yeah. I've got it. I mean, I started watching it. It's quite boring. It's a weird <laughs> sort of. Is it a porno? Of, no, it's kind of a uh, sort of sec, a sex comedy, I suppose. When was it made? Uh, Fifties, uh, maybe. Yeah, so it's. Uh, right. maybe, Anyone in maybe it earlier.
1: that we'd know in terms of. Names? I can't remember. I think it's got someone, like, someone like still worldly. No, no, someone like David Niven. I can't. Oh, wow. I, we'll have to look. It's on the a shelf David somewhere. David Niven, Crystal Palace sex comedy, and you're saying it's boring? Because that sounds incredible. Uh, uh, well, uh, to be fair, <laughs> That's just, an episode. So on, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's an episode. So on
3: the same DVD, there was a really long and detailed uh, documentary about how the, the, the transmitter was built. Right. And right. I watched that for like 45 minutes, and it wow, was. Wow, you, you made it through. It was really dull. So I think I wasn't quite like, in the right frame of mind to watch a. Not very funny David Niven comedy. Oh. So, um, yeah.
0: they,
2: have you ever been to the Crystal Palace Museum?
0: I have. I have not. it's, yeah.
2: it's There are a lot of photocopies in it. Yes. Of Ooh. documents. You're selling it. Wow. Well. There, <laughs> there, there is some cool stuff because there are some videos of the kind of shows they had at the Crystal Palace before it burnt down. So there'd be people doing acrobatics in the gardens. And because it's quite grainy, it looks even more impressive that they're doing mm. all these backflips and stuff.
1: But I have got, like, girders on display. And you sort of go, That's, that is a, an actual remnant of the Crystal Palace.
2: Well, but we, we don't it's not know. not dynamic
0: to look at, is <laughs> no, it? No, it's a, a Museums of girders yeah. are
2: traditionally not exciting. It Belongs
0: in the National Girder Museum, really. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of crossover going
2: on. Oh, the postcards from there, though. Such <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> a dream.
0: So we're in the room where you
1: have recorded Answer Me This for eight years?
2: Yes, we're sitting at the very folding card table that we record... Uh, answer me this at. Um, one of you is using Ollie's mic right now who's using Covered it his I
0: think it's Steven is yeah 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 outside address well, who's mic that's my mic oh right am i all, am i going to sound like i'm in an echo chamber <laughs> no, that's that's my natural uh, <laughs> <laughs> pipes. natural lungs
1: natural tones
2: yeah um so it's not at all a soundproof place. We have to stop quite a lot for um, sirens and arguments Kids revving motor- motorbikes. Oh god, there was this tool that for about eight <laughs> months we'd come round at least once an hour and rev for 15 minutes outside the window. It
3: and was that- a car, it wasn't a motorbike. It sounded no, it was a like car. a Harley Davidson and it was like a... I don't know. like Was it one
2: of those cars where the bonnet is a different colour to the rest of the car? Probably. Probably. If I just was it was like
0: someone that? from a rival podcast motorcycle gang? Oh my God. <laughs> just
1: writers. leave a negative comment on iTunes, guys. They don't have to come <laughs> on the I think it,
3: it might have been the Hell's Nerdists. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then um, I remember there were a few times our. our Old neighbours um, used to do it so loudly on the other side of the wall that it would pick up on our mics. Again, well, did they
1: know about the show? Because that could be their chance of fame, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe
2: they're trying to sabotage the show again. Our
1: intercourse is getting so many downloads <laughs> right now. Oh. <laughs> well, they're actually quite friendly. Well, and unusual. The- <laughs> <laughs>
3: and they kind of cooled off a bit and they were sort of quite grumpy whenever I saw them and I don't know if it's because they'd heard the Maybe they followed me on Twitter show. or
2: I'd complain about them doing it loudly all day and then arguing all night But it got <laughs> to the
3: point it did get to the point where like it was so late that I would because st- I've got guitars and stuff here st- like, if I'd be playing guitar and I'd hear like sex noise and I'd stop playing the final countdown <laughs> like as loud as I could so they'd be like No pressure We can hear you come on no
2: <laughs> now, now they find the final countdown inexplicably arousing <laughs> Cut
1: to the chase come But
2: after, after a few months they stopped to shagging so much and started arguing a lot more. These things happen. I
1: had some neighbours that were very active, and then they had a baby, and then it just stopped. And I really? sort of felt for them. And then you see them, and they just didn't look as happy Aww. as uh, they mm. once were.
2: Child rearing seems difficult. Jacks, Jacks, Strictly. looking wise We're not going to put you on the record. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. it's <laughs> quite over. <here>. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you about your sex life. I feel, I feel that that is overly personal for this kind of show as well. That it's, it's never is very made above it onto the
0: podcast before, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, hardcore. I, I I was first time I listened to this show, I have to confess, I was a bit disappointed.
1: <laughs> Needs more sex noise. There's, yeah, my, people, there's my production notes. People do predict that the show's going to be about pornography, hooliganism, or uh, punk music. Yeah. they the free mm. guesses. And then you go, no, a lot of it is about local history. <laughs> <laughs> Bait and switch. <laughs> but you've clicked now, and it's too late. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Please don't unsubscribe.
1: <not> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, our best ever... Um, uh, google search to find us was uh you know on, on the website it will show you what p- words people love use that, yeah. and someone put in mm. hardcore sex hardcore thinking wow, i think maybe really if you put in hardcore want, twice yeah. you'd get the real deal and they didn't yeah. want any any uh maybe they wanted people banging to punk <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should have called the show no because that what the show is <laughs> so how did answer me let get started
2: um well ollie came up to me at our uh, warming for this place that we're sitting in and he said i need to talk to you alone and i thought is he dying <laughs> uh, and um instead he nice said um, <laughs> martin uh, he, he said um do you want to do a podcast and not really knowing anything about them i'd only listened to adam and joe's xfm show that was the only podcast i'd ever heard um i said yes and then we had to figure out how one is done and at the time i didn't know any other podcasters for years and we had no one to ask about how to do it all we had was a copy of podcasting for dummies which was so labyrinthine it almost destroyed (laughs) us before we began it was no also you can't learn about the internet from books that is not a good place to do it um but but we persisted much longer than i would have imagined we would it doesn't seem plausible that one would do this for eight years there were 300 episodes it's a stupid hobby isn't it stupid
1: <laughs> Terrible. it's gone from strain to strength so that must sort of help to sort of re-energize things
2: yeah i think it was just the fact the audience kept growing throughout the life of the show and now we make money which is a lot more motivating <laughs>
1: <laughs> i can't afford not to do this yeah exactly
2: exactly and uh, you've just gone uh, fortnightly as well haven't you yeah we went yeah. fortnightly a year ago and that really helped a lot because before that, I was seeing so much of Ollie, I had I didn't really want to talk to him.
1: Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there anything you
2: need to share, Jack? Uh,
1: they're, they're listeners, though. They get the undertone. Steve's company. That's what he needs
0: to share. He's getting too much of it. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Couldn't couldn't be possible. But it's a long old time ago that you started then. It's yeah, like 2007. And right? we felt like I was yeah. in my twenties. It's hard oh to believe. Yeah.
2: I, <laughs> I still had a young person's rail card when we started. Um, in January 2007. And I mean, there
0: was only Kevin Smith's podcast. There wasn't only that. But do mean, you know what I mean? It's. It, it felt of, like we, we were slow then. Like <laughs> but yeah, we
2: weren't. In retrospect, it was it was like I think second wave because there'd been the wave of tech podcasts by techies for techies and because no one else but techies listened to podcasts. And then around the time we're doing, uh, Ricky Gervais had had his and there were some Guardian ones around and channel four radio was a brief thing at the time. And Stephen Fry was just about to do it. But yeah, there weren't loads, but it still felt like a kind of insurmountable thing to get into the iTunes chart when there were BBC stuff around and no one knew who we were. And, um, uh, it took uh, Ollie has always been very PR minded. So um, when he was a child, he used to put on plays for his parents, not really write the play, but put on a full publicity campaign for it. And he <laughs> yeah, liked designing the posters. Yeah, writing little interviews with local papers probably, and um, that was really handy for the podcast. Um, not just getting his parents to listen to it, although they did, and <laughs> which is odd because he he um, divulges some really personal stuff about himself, and my parents don't listen, and yet I just couldn't say the kind of things he says about wanking and stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah my parents never listened just the idea of a podcast um, it, they're still not quite sure what it is
2: that puts them in the camp with still most people yeah the first time my, my
3: parents listened um, is because I'd said that the Rotunda in Birmingham had been knocked down and my dad phoned angrily to be like it hasn't <laughs> been knocked down it's still there <laughs> how can you call yourself a bummy and uh, give a false fact like that but yeah no I think they do listen a bit
2: they don't mention it too much So, I wonder whether they've
3: tailed off after the first. Yeah. yeah. It happens. A lot of people taper. There have been over 300
1: episodes, I don't think. I haven't listened to them all.
3: No, you haven't. When
1: we got Manfred Mann on, I was so relieved because it was a chance for me to ring my dad and tell him about an episode of the show and he'd know what I was talking about. Because generally, I'm sort of like, we went to this place, that place, and he's like, oh, right, good, good. Is it making any money? No, no, it's not. (laughs) It's funny how
2: the money thing is the only thing that makes most people interested. You're looking really thoughtful, Martin
3: i was just wondering about uh the sort of south london history thing about whether your parents would have been in right, like they grew up in the, like because if i told my parents about london history they'd be like
0: well okay. my, yeah my dad i mean i mean he does listen and I, he, he always he has a lot of comments about it oh. and I, I, once, <laughs> I once said to him oh, did you enjoy the show not once i've said it many times I said did you enjoy the show this week and he said, "There's always something I don't like," which wow. is still my favourite comment about the show ever from anyone. Because him? Exactly, the thing yeah. is, he's
1: he's so sort of uh, supportive and positive in terms of listening, and you know mm, he uh, doesn't yeah. want to be
0: seen to be. Yeah. Interesting the thing about your shows: there's always something not to like about. You. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's a, he never has, quite there. He has sort of uh, sort of free obsessions, essentially free interests in that Bob Dylan, Charlie Chaplin. And wow. Dulwich Hamlet. Hey, so oh. I did.
3: I did a gig, uh, it, not in South London, unfortunately, in Fitzrovia, which is supposedly the first place that Bob Dylan did a gig in the UK. Oh, right, it's oh, the right. King and Queens in Fitzrovia.
2: That pretty much makes mm. you Bob Dylan, Martin. That's was pretty. That was pretty <laughs> exciting. <laughs>
3: exciting. I mean, I've been to that pub before, but I've never
0: played there. This—that's the bit Hall mention after he hears this show. <laughs> <laughs> like, <nothing> <laughs> there was one would, thing would I didn't it?
2: like, which was everything but that thing. <laughs> so do you think you can? He can check.
3: Do you think he can fact check that for us?
1: Because I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I bet Google. He'll know. As well. You don't need to fact check it. You just ask him and go. Yeah, that was <laughs> the place. Oh, good. Yeah, place. yeah. I'll uh, let you know. I'll let you know. King
0: Queens life. on Foley Street. I grew in my mother's womb, should we say, or conceived, if you want to put it in a, you know, just dated. <laughs> yeah, in <laughs> East Street, where where Charlie Chapman was born. Wow. So awesome. You know that there's there's your local history link, and Dulwich Hamlet is obviously the local football team. Bob so, Dylan was a big fan. <laughs> huge, huge fan. <laughs> still is still is <laughs> so yeah I mean there's, there was a bit of a local history background you know so and, and that's not really of, what he, why, so, but... he has a sort
1: of fascination with local history. Like he'll go out and photograph the streets and just mm. find old photographs and compare them so that's cool he spends my...
0: too much time on the wharf now and then Facebook group.
1: can I say <laughs> my parents are Irish immigrants who came over in the sort of 50s and 60s so okay. we, we've got no real history beyond that in South London so but I've always been fascinated by local history
3: which which better island do they come from
1: uh, my dad's from uh, County Dublin a uh, uh, town called Port Marnock okay. um, probably best known for it's golf course uh, <laughs> oh, and right. it's where okay. the uh, Republic of Ireland football team have their like training camps and uh, my mum's from Castle Bar in County Mayo which is on the west coast of Ireland oh we've been to Mayo haven't we oh, oh right have been
3: seen, to Mayo it's inc- like I went surfing in Mayo right, like, right I've only
1: been surfing twice in my life I went surfing it was, it was brilliant I Maui was, and Mayo is it better than surfing <laughs> in water <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> It's easier to uh, catch the wave. It's yeah. of you make
2: a better sandwich afterwards. <laughs> uh, watching Martin surf is one of the uh, great comedic experiences of my
1: life. Yeah, I'm not No offense. I'm not like quite Keanu Reeves.
2: You're just really funny in a wetsuit.
1: I've only surfed once and like wearing the wetsuit was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Really? Yeah, because I, I love superhero comics. Oh. And it's the closest you're gonna get to like wearing a spandex outfit. I think. just look like
2: Did a, you have a cape? I just look like <laughs>
3: Look like a tubby I don't. Know.
1: <laughs> oh, I look Waterman, ridiculous, but I I I, I'm quite. I, I'm, I'm used to that, so I knew. I knew what oh. to expect. Yeah, you look ridiculous
0: but, in clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, <laughs> and, and, out, and out of them, so there's uh, <laughs> no easy answer. I think um, like the bullying that's going on. That, so I'll that. cut it. The listeners will never
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> They'll sense it. Why is Steve crying? There's <laughs> no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the actual thing about surfing is it's one of those things where you go that looks fun, and then you go out and go oh, this is really hard. You have to and, be quite a yeah. decent swimmer,
3: yeah, and like have the body strength. Like po- I couldn't po- pop up no, exactly. I you just mashed the board down, and it just went underwater. Yeah, was, yeah. this isn't
1: like how it's supposed to work. And then it pops up like f- the pop front pops up, and you just can't. So you just Spikes end up like face, I end up just like off. hanging off it, yeah. chatting to my friends in the middle of the sea, which is quite nice. That yeah, very yeah, pleasant. yeah. We could have done that on the beach. Where did you go, where did you go surfing? this? Was in Bournemouth for Stagdo. Okay. Wow, well, that's a nice way to spend a stag do. Isn't yeah, and that no, was good. It was good to. This if thing, no one drowns. It's stag do's weird, generally yeah. are so, they're so dull, aren't they? <laughs> it's a good so story. you have to like find an activity to to do where and not paintball, not
0: paintball.
1: no, or go
2: karting, or is that still fresh enough? We did bubble yeah.
1: football on last. One I went to what which is, is uh, you you basically wear an inflatable bubble oh. around your yes. torso, uh, a zorb, I believe they're called. I would love to go in a zorb. You, you, that's the thing. You kind of think you do, and then you sort uh. of run into each other, and you fall over, and you're like, it's hard to get up, and you're like. I'm done. I've had I've had a go. This what? is Yeah. There was a gladiator's game. Can you just game, roll around on the floor? Yeah, where they got in that big metal ball.
2: Yeah, and they had to yeah. kind of paddle around like hamsters but going over those. I just really steam worried vents. about
3: people's fingertips in that game. Yeah, <laughs> Did yeah. They have I
2: think they had something. like pads, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um what what was your stag do, Jack?
0: It was we went to Namco <laughs> <laughs> and like I think a couple of people played Paul. What's Namco? Right. Oh it's you know County <laughs> Hall, Hall um, Yeah. by the river. There's a yeah. There's an arcade in there. It's an arcade, Namco essentially. Oh, okay. Um, there's a big uh,
1: film and TV museum there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is it, it still there? Why do not we go there? I think it might have. It's moved uh, a couple of times. Yeah, I was Jack's best man, and Aww. Uh, pre-podcast.
0: Yeah, this friendship is real, people.
1: People... Uh, We've only
0: known each other for two and a half years. Yeah, ago, some actually. people
1: were outraged at uh, the decision to pick me <laughs> as best man. Uh fellow we worked <laughs> with, Dave, was like, there must be someone Ow! you know And he's a friend of mine as well. He's not someone who dislikes me. He just couldn't Snake. believe that... Uh, You'd
2: leapfrogged the natural order of yeah, things. Such yeah. a deep
1: and abiding friendship could spring up so quickly. <laughs> it, was, it was a lovely moment just because we were on lunch together in the, the bookshop we worked in and we went over to Tesco and... Uh, Jack was like, uh, "I think I'm gonna get soup." I mean, oh, I'm um, to ask you, will you be my best man? And I was like, "Are you serious?" Because like it was just like literally out of nowhere. And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I'm really touched." And he was like, "I am gonna get soup." I am didn't even wait. for <laughs> sort of like, the soup was definitely
0: top of the. I made two decisions, decisions that, no, that day. get down on one knee or anything.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wanted you to make it special for me, Jack. <laughs> you were thinking about the soup the whole time.
0: But yeah, then we had an, an Indian after.
2: Sounds nice. Yeah, it was, yes. nice. it was great. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, it yeah, was very probably, low key. It sounds
2: I don't civilized. Drink. I don't drink uh, I don't, don't drink. really drink
1: Jack either. So... Drink and liked americana. So I thought oh, like a pool, yes. pool would be. But, and also it's a thing where I like everyone americana. you love americana. Would
2: you've gone to one of those retro bowling alleys or that?
1: Well, that was my original there thing. There is bowling there, and I'm still getting yeah. there is bowling. That okay. was my fault. I, I did actually. There was this like plush bowling place. I'm still getting email alerts. I need to unsubscribe from that. <laughs> um, but they were they quoted something ridiculous like a grand for us to go bowling, and I was like, it's just bowling go to Namco, yeah. but um, mm. and also it was um, and again pre-podcast. But the fact that it was in South London was a big thing, that just in awesome. terms of convenience.
2: Yeah. And and yeah, asking too much of people is uh,
1: yeah, that's the thing. Let's go to where testing. we all are. The, the, the whole like current trend for stag do's to be overseas or in places I don't
0: live is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah somewhere fun.
2: where there's not a direct bus home. Yeah, after midnight, we know and there's someone not
0: from uh, Warsaw is there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Two buses, can you yeah. believe it in this day and age. W- Warsaw. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither. E- either
2: way, you have to change. in um, We we know someone who uh, was going to have his stag do in Beirut. Right. I think he just wanted something. He was like, "Yeah, different. Yeah, decadent. Mm. It what, is what different, a bell yes.
0: <laughs> But getting back to you guys, oh, no okay. one wants to hear about us. Where do you, oh, keep, do. Where do you keep your Sony awards?
2: Uh, it's, on the- <laughs> it's on the stairs You've you passed it we That's where our awards it? are That's yeah, the thing you
0: kicked As you came up yeah.
2: <laughs> That would hurt Because it's a very solid Piece of Perspex But yeah I don't know what to do with it we- Also we-, we have no clear Flat surfaces in the flat We don't have a trophy cabinet so I don't know what to do with them. Also, they're all obsolete. Like There aren't any Sony Awards anymore. They've got rid of the awards. They
1: only got rid of
0: them last year, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they got rid of the category a couple of years ago, and now right, they've got right. rid of the whole awards.
0: Well, what's the category?
2: Well, it was Best Internet Program, and then they got rid of that. For um, best
0: Brand
3: tie-in with a local commercial station with over 500,000 yeah. listeners on a Tuesday or something. They, <laughs>
2: they, they added more awards for things that only certain brands could win. And got Brands. rid of ones that for Who's the yeah. head of the Radio Academy the... that's not? That's not. <laughs> um Yeah, so you can have a look there and then there are a couple of certificates in the hall that um are just on the floor. <laughs> not, not, not even a kind of proper framed uh, archive of my career or anything.
1: But it's still nice to sort of be able to track a, a trajectory in that, you know, the fact that you're on that sort of radar.
2: Yeah, check me out. Very important. <laughs> I th- I think um what winning awards teaches you is that awards are fundamentally meaningless and after they got rid of the category i thought that's well, what losing awards has taught me <laughs> <laughs> weird, in, you're very uh, you're you're very developed um after after they got rid of the category i thought well, one useful thing about the those awards existing was uh discovery more hmm. people heard about us through that so if i set up like a podcast awards that means more people could discover a show and i was like well i don't really want to make something up that says one show is better than another because that's what that's what a listener decides the podcast that was one of the great things about podcasts that you can just find something exactly to your own tastes and make your own playlist so i didn't so i have no awards for you to win but i would give you one (laughs) 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 definitely the thing about the sun is is that like you've
3: heard of a lot of those things like when nick ferrari wins one i mean it's not like a lifetime achievement you know when a big show like that wins wins an award so what's the purpose of it
0: Someone, I, knows I a, know.
3: someone knows about the Radio 1 breakfast show that didn't before. It's like, they have a breakfast show on Radio 1 now. Apparently, yeah. It's supposed to be really good. It won an award. It's just
2: the sound of people eating toast <laughs> for three hours. It's, it's, it's more resonance, actually, weirdly. Um, we've got an on-air light in here that I stole from BBC TV Centre the last time I was doing a radio show in there before they decommissioned it.
0: Wow, that's yeah. great.
1: I felt I felt guilty
2: about Is that it not for the ages. sort of thing that
0: someone no, you would pay your miss? Fee, don't
1: you?
2: Yeah, I that's do. I thing. do, and also they mm. forgot to pay me for some shows, so I feel like I've earned it.
1: And also, they're going to demolish it. You well, know.
2: well, that's that's why I stopped feeling guilty in the end, because I was like, they were going to rip everything out of this floor anyway.
1: So, although and now you like think they're going to keep it all, but they they never do. Really no, those
2: things. and they had, they had not updated it for a while. Although now they are moving different BBC departments back into that building, they're oh, right. renting it back. So you think that was well done. <laughs> well on the beep so they could have used it
3: I've turned it on though so people know that we're recording and not to disturb us <laughs> <laughs> but it was an exciting
0: night out what, twice?
2: Actually, the Sonys are so boring. Uh, the, we were nominated three times and we won the gold the third time. And Martin and I were on honeymoon. So the only time we were ever going to win, we missed it. And actually, it was the worst day of our honeymoon Martin had food poisoning. Um, but at the time when Ollie was winning it, we were at um, a museum looking at dinosaur pelvises and stuff. So that Better. was pretty cool, yeah. Mm. Um, but the year after, I was a judge and that was a lot more fun than going as a nominee because uh, I didn't have to pay for my own ticket. It's 200 quid to go to the Sony's.
1: Even if you're nominated?
2: Yeah, and especially if you're nominated. And then drinks, like the water is £12 a bottle. You don't get,
1: 200 quid don't cover the drinks?
2: No, no. And 200 the quid just to get so in the building? Yeah. I'm so glad we didn't win it, a Sony yeah. Award. Yeah, it's 100 quid. Do you get food with that? I can't remember. For two hundred quid you get uh if you oh, I remember Ollie's mum had the vegetarian option for the first time we went and it was uh, half a butternut squash filled with baked beans. <laughs> that is what two hundred quid buys you.
0: Oh, and... If you're spending two hundred quid you've got to go for the meat option, regardless, <laughs> don't you? But
2: then the meat option is just like a dry duck leg. And uh, it's yeah, it's not great uh food wise. 'Cause I, I I'm trying to think if I've ever had a meal that cost that much and I'm sure that if I did it would be more enjoyable than that. But it's just mm. uh it's just quite it's really long. And it's such an industry backslap, and um, it all feels a bit fundamentally pointless. <laughs> Who
0: did you give awards to when you were on the panel? You're not I'm, I'm it, not right? allowed to say. I'm not even allowed to ah. say what category
2: it was, even oh, now really? the awards are demolished. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it wasn't It wasn't a podcasting category. Oh, radio, right, right. Yeah. But I was on the same judging panel as Emma Freud, uh, Richard oh. Curtis's uh, long-term yeah. partner, and... Um, we we met for the judging day in peter basiljet's house head of the arts council in notting hill like this amazing several story high house filled with art and i was there just feeling like the scruffiest person in the world and they all you know each the other in- in the world, yeah <laughs> and um i just felt extremely out of place like we were never going to really agree on anything so it feels like whatever whatever wins an award is a compromised decision of a bunch of people who don't have the same taste
0: would you say the same of the European Podcast Award in 2012? I don't
2: even understand what that racket is. <laughs> it's the most incomprehensible website. Uh, do you want to ask me about my British Public Radio Award as well? Because uh, you know, you've we'll got a get British Public more... Radio Award. They're on the stairs, Martin. You walk past them every single day. It's like they mean nothing to you. <laughs> yeah, mm. I haven't won an award for a couple of years. Uh-oh. Where am I going to get my awards fixed now? We well, need to fill up the whole stairs with bits of perspex. <laughs>
1: The good news is, of course, you can uh, chart your development as a broadcaster in different ways. Yes. You've brought Radiotopia to South London.
2: Oh my God, yes, I have. It's a only... remarkable
1: thing to do. Thank you very much. That well, was I'm our proud. plan. I mean, this is outrageous. <laughs>
2: well, they're, they're just uh, using me to get to you guys. <laughs> uh, that was exciting because I'm the only person outside of the USA to be doing a Radiotopia show. Yeah, and, that is uh, And naturally, thing. South London is the uh, spiritual home. Where else? Where else is it going to go? It's, it's the... Uh, it's the East Bay of London, <laughs> <laughs> actually, it kind of is, isn't it? Because that was always the unloved sibling of San Francisco, and now it's mm. all getting super gentrified. It's
1: beautiful downtown London. Isn't it? It's it is beautiful. Yeah. It's quite
0: aren't <laughs> we, Yeah, they're yeah,
1: up on the hill,
3: look overlooking the bay. Yes, oh. uh, the Thames Bay. Yeah, Big. Thames <laughs> Valley. It's um, more. It's more. You yeah. can
2: see all of Beckenham spread out below you Beckenham, when, you know, when you're up
3: Beckenham on top top the. hill. It lo- looks lovely from up here absolutely Beckham does. does yeah. Deceptive, isn't it?
0: Deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> Best place to view it from. Um,
2: I wanted to ask you guys, uh, how do you feel... Is it, is it the case that the only people that make jokes about which half of London you live in are North Londoners? We're like, oh, South. I would never make that joke to a yeah. North Londoner.
0: I mean, I've been in, to North London many times. Loads. No. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, well, I work in North you, London. Yeah. We, we both work yeah, in absolutely. North, 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 our, our North London. Yeah, absolutely. Our thing is not
1: anti North London, no. it's pro South London. Our, yes. our, our main south sort London of motivation, positive. exactly, mm-hmm. is that South London is looked at in a, in a particular way and there's more to it than people traditionally want to sort of present. But We're now like, those
2: people priced out of North London, those dicks are moving south and they're <laughs> discovering it. And of course, um,
1: in Private Eye, you've got uh, It's Tough Up North London, which is. Is mm. a, sort of a
0: satire on uh, those people
1: so they get they get a bit of stick as
0: well also, important to point out that everything south of the river is South London, but not everything north of the river is North London. Is um, that as well? Mm, you know, West yeah. London East London. West not, London, uh, I mean,
2: let's not get started on that. Couldn't no. make a hardcore <laughs> podcast there, could you? No, oh, you couldn't, things, though. That's so sore you? as hell. Yeah.
3: I think <laughs> I kind, of <laughs> kind of fascinating, actually, West London. Because really? it's such, yeah, because it's, I mean, hypnotically uninteresting. Yeah, I've got very little experience of it, but my impression of West London is, especially North West London, incredibly homogenous. Like yeah. suburbs that have just come up. Like fully formed, whereas like, most most of the rest of London is like villages that have and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. buildings getting knocked down, new things coming up. So you've got Victorian buildings next to West
1: like... London, has the best underground stations. Yes, oh, yes. Cop- so they're I all went the to old Copfosters. Art Deco Metro Land ones, and they are
3: like the set of Stingray. Do you remember that old? Song? Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, amazing. Yeah,
0: really cool.
2: not, not West London that's north, is.
0: isn't it? Yeah,
2: stay top, it's northwest, right? North east. Is that North Cogfosters? It's
3: yeah, maybe far right north. north but like
1: going yeah. out to like Greenford and Perryvale, which I do only for tutoring, like there's nothing there in terms yeah. of there's no museums, galleries, there's yeah. no reason to go out there. But the stations themselves are beautiful. I mean, you, you can clutch yeah. at straws, but <laughs> it's very flat, is it? There's one, yeah, it's is fr- flat, that's flat. the other thing is it, thing don't don't is well. it Greenford
3: flat. the one with the wooden escalator?
1: Yes. Does it leave? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, but they're being uh, taken out at the moment. Yeah, yeah which but, is a shame, because they I might mean, be dangerous. Yeah, less, you can understand the reasoning. One less reason to go to Greenford. But that's the thing. Like I, growing up in South London, in Campbellwell and, and Peckham and Woolworth, I was yeah. just used to these sort of you know narrow street very windy narrow streets yeah and, it's idiosyncratic yeah, yeah things I mean,
2: contrast with each and, other and
1: tower blocks and it's you know that's yeah. a, it's a particular space that you used to moving through and then you go out to west london and it's just these long roads with lots of little roads off it mm, with that, semi-detached houses yeah, yeah, and yeah. like you know i'm sure it's a lovely place to live and, and raise children but
0: it's the extreme end of west london isn't it? oh absolutely when you yeah, said yeah first, no. my first thought of west london is like brompton Road yes yeah and, and, yeah. Then and yeah, when you say there's
1: a, no museums mm. and galleries they've got you know museums and galleries they've got the national history yeah Doing <laughs> doing okay. But this is
3: South London, like the bit you're describing as well. Like, if you go out, kind of Grove Park, it's a lot more suburban, isn't it? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah. one of the things that has been enjoyable about doing the show is, is going to like odd little corners of South London that you sort of know of, but even living in South London, you don't go to. And you still dig up these odd little things. Yeah, it's so I like, stuff rich like in the, the canal in, in Annerley, like yeah. just down the road. And that's yeah. just so funny that there's just this.
2: Tiny little yeah,
3: chunk like of uh, land. Yeah,
1: bit an aspect, a little bit of, and then put a little up. sign up. sort of okay. going, this was huge. It's not now. <laughs> <laughs> it's hundred yards, but it used to be.
2: Martin um, used to do walks along the lost rivers of London, right? And that's a really interesting cross section of what you see because mm. you'll like you'll be walking through Catford and not even know you're in an urban area, but it's only like thirty feet away from the river. It's yeah. really beautiful, yeah, 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 yeah. and then you'll go through somewhere completely different because you'll just. You you just linked by the river and not really by the ways that humans have linked the buildings together. We well, go through
3: industrial estates and stuff because the rivers they used to. I mean, going back far enough, they were they were useful for delivery like, com- companies. No, yes. we also for like running mills and stuff. Yeah, yeah. ferrying goods mm. and yeah, yeah. Like the same as the uh, to the Wandle, which is like you know further west. Um, mm. And it's like yeah, you you go through like towns and uh, you know uh, I guess like what used to be old villages and then like green space and then you're going through the back of an industrial estate. It's a really Weird contrast. Good yeah, way to see the same.
2: It's a you've got to take the rough with the smooth. That's the uh, urban ramblers'
0: motto. <laughs> yeah. So your show on Radiotopia... Yes, all that thing. Pulling it back, pulling it back oh, to... Oh, skill,
2: Jack. Almost didn't notice that. Once that on-air
1: light went on, he just a, little, a little spark just lit up in him as well. It was remarkable to see.
0: <laughs> Ask me anything. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually The Illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been preparing for my knock-off podcast. For <laughs> uh,
2: yes, it is The Illusionist with an A. A made-up word.
0: Yeah, which <laughs> is uh, about... Etymology,
2: yeah, it's like general wordy shit. It's a, it's a bit like ninety nine percent invisible, but about words rather than things. Because um, I've always been very interested in etymology, but I don't just want to make a show that is like reading a dictionary. I, I want to find out things that I didn't know at the beginning of the show, I guess, and talk to people because people are fun and interesting. So. I'm learning what it is and how to make it at the moment. That's nice. Lucky me. It's amazing to make a living off podcasts. Let me tell you guys. (laughs) But I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if there are other people in Britain who are making their living just off doing podcasts. Am I, am I the only one?
1: Well, the, the Ricky Gervais podcast for a while was,
0: well, they, yeah, but They've I mean, got other was, revenue sources. Yeah, and he was they? a millionaire when yeah. Yeah, yeah. he did the podcast. So was I, everything. of course. And, and they
1: were <laughs> they were giving it away, and then went to the the charging model, didn't they? That was. Well, the, well we worked in Waterstones. Stones. It came out on CD. Yeah, yeah, remember.
2: Yes, yeah. retro, and then on Audible and stuff. This was all you know, early times, wasn't it? It was yeah. the dream times of podcasting.
0: But you're sort of free. Is it three or four episodes old now? Uh, when is when does this come out? It comes out on Monday. The. Um, Monday uh, week. 15th, is it? Yeah, yeah, then there
2: will be four out. Yeah. Just the four. That's not much. <laughs> what if I? What if I've only got ten episodes in me and it grinds to a halt? That's going to be awkward.
0: <laughs> get listening now, um, then. Yeah.
2: Listeners. Get in on the ground floor, guys, because there's no second floor. <laughs> I like it,
1: the fact that on uh, episode one you managed to mention the four, three, two bus and Tulse Hill. Yeah, oh, yeah, that thank was you. exciting. So getting you, exciting. you literally got South London onto yeah. Radiotopia, which just made me smile.
2: Then we get. Um, Quite a lot of American listeners have answered me this who listen, despite not really knowing about the pop culture references or weird local things that they they can get over that because they're blinded by the accent to uh, Hmm. to (laughs) anything that might be disagreeable. Actually, Americans are so lovely when you go over there, they're like, just read me the phone book. I'd be happy. (laughs) Uh, I I hope that they never get over that kind of weird thing that they like. Um, I can't remember where I was going with that.
0: 432 bus yes um so well, you talk about the 432 bus because i, I was i was
2: making a show about puns right. and talking about how i don't like them but i do like the pun restaurant tycoons in tulsa yeah, <laughs> and every time i go past it i'm like ah tycoons tycoons it's a thai restaurant yeah get yeah, it yeah, it's, not tycoons. It's, it's not a good pun Tyco- <laughs> no. how can you how dare you yeah, I agree with Mark. No, you don't, you don't like puns.
3: I mean, part of that shows that you didn't like puns.
2: No, the thing is, when I said I was going to be making this language show, because people know that there is punning in my family, immediately they were like, when are you going to do about puns? And I was like, never, never. <laughs> and I thought, if I do the first one about puns, that means I've done puns. And I can be like, I did it. Now shut up. <laughs> that
1: gets rid of that, get, gets rid of that question, is yeah. not it?
2: But the thing is, I make puns. It's not necessarily even conscious because I'm genetically disposed to punning. So I, I'm just going to seem like a hypocrite.
0: Make, people, nature and nurture. Isn't it? Yeah, people yeah. tune into both... episode one. They'll hear your uh, father and brother.
2: Yeah, they Don't will. Um, my dad uh, is a real favourite amongst podcast listeners. He's a very um, he's a very reclusive man, and he was on "Answer Me This" episode 200. We had our families on guest answering questions, and it was quite the hit on that. <laughs> um, but generally, he's just by himself nearly all the times. He's a sculptor, not talking. You know, he's very witty the rest of the time. It's wasted. He would have been amazing as a stand up. He could start now, but he's 73, but he could. Imagine Imagine the kind of press he would get if a 73-year-old began doing stand-up.
0: So Radiotopia... Yes, is, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> ...is, if people don't know, it's like a, a podcast network and they do incredible stuff. 99% Invisible would be in my top five podcasts of all time.
2: It's a classy piece of work.
0: How did you end up getting involved with them and, as you say, being their first overseas...
2: Um, well I've known Roman for a little bit in fact I've I've interviewed him now like five times the first time I met him was down the line when I was interviewing him for a five live show in 2012 and then we were on the same panel at South by Southwest we were talking about podcasting in 2013 and um, then he came to stay last summer he'd he'd actually asked Answer Me This to be in the first wave of Radiotopia and we were like yes and then uh, the people behind Radiotopia were like no only story shows that are classy and arty None of this comedy bullshit. Um, <laughs> and um, so when he was staying. Down the night Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they really are assholes. <laughs> uh, And then when he was staying, I was like, yeah, get him while he's jet lagged and vulnerable <laughs> and, uh, and pitch this show to him when we walk around Crystal Palace Park. I think we were by the uh, little farm.
1: Born at in the South home. London. I'm loving this it story. Was.
2: Oh, it oh. was. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then uh, a few weeks later, I got this email going, yeah, I think this will happen. I was like, it all seemed very casual. And then he was like, yeah, we've got you funding for a year. And I was like, what? I just came from <laughs> nowhere. Um, Does he walk yeah.
0: around going,
3: I'm Roman Mars? <laughs> <laughs> he don't claim that he had to come to London in order to get you to do the show. I'm sure that's what he said over Christmas. Oh, yeah, he's such,
2: like... a, such a charm school, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is a, yeah. um, but he... he doesn't tend to do the Roman Mars voice in social situations. He's still got a good voice generally, but that kind of yeah. talking right in your own brain, that's something that generally has to put a mic.
3: He's got a really good technique. Yeah. Was something had a really amazing, because I'm a bit of an audio nerd, I had a really amazing conversation about it. So apparently he read, I don't know if he said this in the press he read loads and loads of interviews with Edward Norton about how they did the audio for Fight Club. Oh right, and it was done in a particular way to make the listener feel like it was his internal monologue. So it right. felt like the sounds was in, inside your head. So he read all these interviews about how Ed Norton had done it, and then because he's an ordinary as
0: well, he figured out how to reproduce this with his own and Adapted then. the, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. That's his secret. I'm Roman Mars's raging bald duct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see Roman Mars Tyler Durden. To <laughs> it. Um
2: But it was funny. We saw him um, just after Christmas. We went and uh, visited him in um, in. Berkeley and it was nice seeing him doing normal human being things yeah. like having to clean up after the kids or something or like put <laughs> pizza in the oven because when I've seen him at work things everyone's just like it's the messiah <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not the messiah he's a very grumpy man
0: <laughs> yeah we met him at that uh um, what's it called in the dark uh, radio mm. evening it was just like, wow, he's got a body. I was like, we used to a floating head. Are you
2: yeah. are you almost disappointed when you see podcasters that you've listened to before, and then you actually meet them? You're like, oh, you're attached to a person. I interviewed uh, Charlotte Green, you know, the kind of absolutely quintessential voice of Radio Four. She used to voice the shipping for- forecast, Ooh. and that really, she's got those really kind of cool and calm tones. And when I met her, like she was really cool, and and she was really cool looking as well. But I was like, I can't, I'm almost disappointed that you're tangible. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> I've ruined this. <laughs> I bet she gets that a lot
0: I don't ever want to meet Andrew Leland from The Believer it can only be a disappointment
2: can't it? <laughs> I've, I've heard that he's Organist just he, he's a, hes just a little speaker by my he's like the Wizard oh, good, of Oz good good good, good. That's what yeah. I want.
1: That's what I want it to be. Peter Serafinovich <laughs> came into my shop the other day and bought some books and uh, just talked normally. And I was like, "Really?" I always like generate a situation that would force him to like use a dramatic voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a yeah. disappointment to have that voice and not, you know. Oh, you what, which,
3: should, which voice would you get him to do?
2: Oh, well, I, just, I, just... I know what you could do. You could be like, uh, "Sorry, could you read that sign for me?" Because my I've left my glass at home, and the sign would say, "Dwayne Benzi." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I wanted to ask about, and this could be a a complete uh, dead end. Okay. uh, Quality radio. That's right, because you can edit um, out dead ends. I I was fascinated just doing some research uh, uh, about the two of you, that you have a background, obviously, in languages, with uh, studying medieval English.
2: Yeah, that was a great career decision in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Twelve years later, it's uh, still paying off.
1: And, and Martin, I've seen you described as a social physicist, which is among the best uh, job titles ever. And I like the idea of... You both have a fascination with words and language and how ideas are transmitted. So did it feel like when you came to do podcasting, it was almost like this is what we've been training to, even though we weren't aware of it when we were training to do it?
2: No, I've I've only just started to feel like that sort of stuff is coalescing. It took me years to realise even like when I had graduated, I moved down to London. I was trying to get jobs. And after a couple of years, having failed to get jobs rather than just, like, really short-term things, I was like, well, I'm just going to be freelance then. And it's been roughly the same. And I didn't really realise it until a few weeks ago that I didn't ever work in a hierarchy that I wanted to ascend when I was doing the jobs. So I did, enjoyed yeah. jobs and I was doing these low-level tele jobs that I was enjoying a lot more than I thought I would enjoy some of the higher-up jobs, for instance. Um, and then with the language stuff, yeah, it's only been really recently. With Answer Me This, I think it was just... Ollie and I fancied being agony aunts, but not having to talk about people's personal problems all the time. Uh, But people have always told me things about themselves and asked me for advice and stuff. Um, So I'd quite fancy doing a podcast where I just say to people, I'm going to be in this place for two hours on Thursday. And if you just want to come and tell me stuff and record it, Um, which could be awful. But imagine some of the things could be batshit, couldn't they? (laughs) (laughs) Martin? Martin's like stroking his beard, looking really thoughtful.
1: I've called him a social physicist. He's like ob- obliged now to take on a more <laughs> scholarly role, I think. It's
2: tricky. Um, that's like, a made up job, Martin.
3: I, well, it is a made up thing. So, I mean, the weird thing is like podcasting is only one part of thing, the sort of things that I do. So, though that's probably what people would know me for, like I'm an academic and I do music and I do all kinds of other stuff. And actually,
2: Martin's boss used to be an Answer Me This fan until he realised that Martin was Martin the sound man off that Yeah, because that's <laughs> weird you can't
3: take one of your employees seriously if you hear like a guy with reverb saying balls every week It's just like, <laughs> so I used
2: to listen to you in the bath uh,
3: He was quite traumatised You've seen him
2: in the nude <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yeah um, So, But no, it's
3: weird, because I was thinking about this Yeah, we do both have an interest in language and, and that kind of thing but I, I kind of feel like We don't
2: ever talk about that though, do we? I
3: feel like I've got more, like I'm because I do like a job which is quite sciencey, and I've always done physicsy things. I've always done sciencey things. Like I have absolutely no desire to take a scientific approach to anything that I do creatively. Whereas, like Helen is much more sort of analytical when it comes to her the way she looks at language. Like I'm much more. in I mean, I've got sort of some audio chops, but
2: Martin's an artist, and I'm just a technician. But I'm
3: much, I'm, I'm much more like feelings, and Helen's much more. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck feelings.
2: Yeah, feelings for yeah. the week.
3: But I don't need to like. I've got, a, I've got an outlet if I want to go and do like a solve sort of a load of equations like i can i can or do some computer programming. i can go and do that in my day. you probably do this afternoon <laughs> yeah just to wipe no, down it's my day off. It's day off. but you know so so it's, and there's some people like i know other people who are also like they're musicians and they take a very scientific approach to it because they find that side so exciting i'm just like do science science things all day i just want to do stuff where i make shit up just on a jam man yeah that's, that's it yeah so and then
2: I, you do sciencey podcasts as well I do
3: yeah but I think my approach to language and, and writing is much more intuitive and it's much more like it's not say so it's I mean I think Helen's probably a better writer and broadcaster than I am, but uh, you know
2: that's cuz it's my job whereas it's, it's yeah, like yeah, your yeah. fourth job in the order of job importance <laughs> somewhere, somewhere and you're like still that, pretty yeah. good at <laughs> it's it
0: It's definitely the case you're saying <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Don't tread on my toes <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um someone was asking me she's like what inspires your work? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> like, just <laughs> like the fact that I have a deadline. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't feel like a creative person at all because I feel like creative work is just like a series of having to make quite boring decisions and get shit done that is not that enjoyable. And then afterwards, it looks like you've done something creative, but really, it was just all pragmatism.
0: Yeah, that's how you got approach things. I think, isn't it?
2: But in a really dry way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, taking no, all it. the fun out of them and all the magic.
1: Well, that's the thing, as well as uh, producing podcasts, you, you do have, I think, a role in UK podcasting as someone oh, who's an advocate thankfully. and, and enabler. But, you know, an enabler. An the... enabler, yes. <laughs> Come on, children. Let's way... take
2: away some of your free time. you have
1: the, the podcast clinic and the, the Facebook group, the podcasters. Yeah,
2: I, I'm happy about that. I'm, I want to do more with that as well, now that I'm not worrying as much about what job i'm going to be doing in two weeks and where my next month's rent's going to come from because i've got um a year's sponsorship with radiotopia um it means i can turn that part of my brain to other things uh which is refreshing so i'm trying to work out like how to make podcasting more accessible to more people because it's not that difficult to start you don't need that much tech and it's not expensive but it's difficult to keep going i think mm. and um so well done you guys and um <laughs> and also it's difficult in this country especially to make money out of it and um so I want to work out ways that that's more widely available. just think that would be nice. And I'd like more people to be able to do it because people have got interesting stuff to say.
1: So it's so, interesting, maybe. you almost taken like, the Radiotopia money and used it to expand that role.
2: Maybe. Well, it's more just given me... It's, it's given me more free time because I don't need to spend my... My, my panicking hobby is now benched but when you're i mean
3: hmm. you, you kind of
2: i was spending so much time looking for work yeah as well. when you're a
3: freelancer you spend half the time pitching and trying to find work and then trying to get paid for that work yeah, yeah. it's great i said, someone, someone who <laughs> doesn't have to deal with a lot rubbish yeah but, it, but like, martin
2: saw me in despair a lot so it's nice to be able to think about something else that is would be beneficial to other people so i don't need i don't know anything for other people so <laughs> if there's this like tiny thing that and also it's so lonely when we were podcasting because we didn't know anyone and we couldn't we couldn't seek help from anybody and it's just nice to meet other people that are doing it i love meeting other podcasters and they're like hey let's talk business together because <laughs> it still yeah. feels like a novelty because um, uh,
3: it's change it's changing but I it still is. the uk still hasn't quite i don't think it's caught up with the us where there's like no. i mean there's three or four networks you could name off the top of your head that yeah. like the people that do it they do it for a living They're yes. professional mm-hmm. podcasters at least yeah yeah uh,
2: and people over here still think it's just like not not a good medium they're like well we've got radio and then there are these hobbyists just like farting into a microphone in their bedrooms i like, no, there's some really good stuff it's this just- is the living room yeah yeah <laughs> this and, is uh... <laughs> <laughs> so just back off a little bit just fart- <laughs> just farting through my mouth <laughs> yeah so i'd like I'd, I'd, i don't know yet what to do but i'm working on it i'm trying to trying to ruminate on that um any suggestions <laughs> yeah.
1: well i think the danger is when you're sort of asking a question like that. The thing people go through is monetizing, and there yeah. isn't like there's no magic lamp, is there? I think no, it, it's, it's a much, mess. Yeah, it's that's the thing. I think it, it concentrate on on content and yeah. establishing a culture. I think that's the the, the most important. Yeah. I think personal. there are th- I think there
3: are things and like in the UK that are a bit of a barrier that are in the US. And as much as I like think the BBC is a really brilliant thing, and that I would not want the license fee to go away. I think it's terrible today. but like. The fact that for whatever it is, 120 quid a year, you get th- so much stuff. And to go 45, uh, but is, that, is it? <laughs> yeah, because I don't feel I haven't paid my TV license for a while. <laughs> 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 we, we do
2: pay, we pay by direct debits. Yeah, don't come round. 145 <laughs> <laughs>
3: quid, bloody hell. Um, but yeah, but like us change only, your tune <laughs> I mean, let's yeah, let's go. Yeah, it. It. I'm out. I'm out. But the idea that you might then pay five pence a month for a for one podcast, yeah, like people in the US will. Pay like ten, twenty, hundred dollars a month for a, ne- a network
2: because their radio stations are always begging anyway, so they're, they're used rad- to paying. For yeah,
3: it. so they're used to the pledge drive culture because right. public radio is like every month, we're like if you want a kiss to keep going, you have to chuck us some money. Whereas that doesn't exist here because we've got the BBC and it's a, it's a different model. It's you know enforced Compulsive, pledge drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I th- so the thing is also I think people uh, generally a bit less. There's less of a culture of asking for money. So there's less of a culture of a podcast going, can you give us five pounds a month, please? Yeah, or we were so month embarrassed
2: month. by it with Answer Me This. We really talked around it, even when we were doing sponsorship. It's like, oh, yeah. no, we don't mind, we've got this, we're on good content in here, it pays for our time.
3: So you can get sponsorship, but you have to have enough listeners. and That, that takes years. T- yeah, and you can't come in as a new podcast, especially if it's a bit niche and you're doing a thing that you want to do and it's quite personal. You can't come in and go, Squarespace, can I have, you know, a living wage, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's it's tricky so I, I think the pl- I reckon the pledge culture is the way to go for small, you think so for small, yeah, oh, yeah for small podcasts I think that's something like I think. Patreon would that.
2: work because like if you set up like a pound a month on Patreon to give to somebody you probably wouldn't cancel it even if you yeah. stopped listening to their podcast and if enough people did that that would build up into a decent enough amount of money
3: you've got 10,000 people giving a pound a month that's actually
2: stacks up nicely really,
3: really nice living yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, Now we start I getting that, visions. <laughs> I just hard oh. to find that
0: hard to kind of envisage. Do you know what I mean? Because we we yeah. don't we've never we've never funded the show like that. We have an Amazon yep. banner, which is which. But it's, it's such a decent. small amount of money. It is, isn't it? it is, it is a quite a small amount of money. And, and the amount people... of time you
2: spend explaining it, like you think you could be yeah, asking more
0: directly. Yeah, I feel directly. like if I was asking people to sort of pledge money, the amount They'd of They'd be time like, why it...
2: the fuck should we pay for something you don't have to do?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, this is the thing. I don't pay for anything. And if, if they started charging for 99% Invisible, I mean, as ludicrous as it is, I probably wouldn't listen to it. But anymore. they did a Kickstarter, yeah. so you can choose to. to yeah, no, but, I, or... I, but I'd definitely choose not to. <laughs> do you know wow. what I, mean? I uh, And I that didn't. was
3: kickstarting The Illusionist.
0: <laughs> Screw you, Jack, get out. I was fast forwarding through there. Do you know what I mean? I just kind of... But, you know, I mean, it's, but that's it, a cultural shift. Isn't it's it's tricky. Like, I, have don't, have to... I
3: don't think everyone will pay. And in some ways, it's unfair of, to the people who aren't scumbags.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Freeloaders. Yeah. Yeah. See how ugly money makes things. <laughs> <laughs> Look how <laughs> quickly <laughs> this descended. Yeah, but, like...
3: I from the point of view of the podcaster like it might not be fair that some people are paying and some people aren't but you might still be able to make a living or at least like
2: pay yourself somewhat for your time so when I was yeah. freelancing, it was like half of my week was spent doing that. And the other half was desperately trying to earn enough money to live and find that work. Yeah. It was like, I was earning shit. <laughs> like I was earning like, I don't know, half the minimum income you need really to live in London, which is troubling. When I moved to London though, That's my,
0: though, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was not,
2: not earning that from answering Me This. I was earning that from the other jobs. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. I was earning nothing from answering Me This. When I first moved to London though, my rent was 50 quid a week. And that allowed oh, me right. to have like this shitty career where I was just trying stuff. Whereas now I just think like, if you, if you moved here and you didn't really have an idea of what you wanted to do what well, you'd still have to be earning 20 yeah. grand a year or at least just mm. to pay for being here which is sad it's getting harder and harder yeah. isn't it? i think that is sad
0: yeah yeah it is i mean the whole housing situation which we try not to talk about because it's just so <laughs> yeah. depressing yeah, yeah it's it just it's absolutely up. crushing you know? yeah we're to pay sort of 1500 pound a month for kind of basic it's accommodation so
3: listeners just one pen a month <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: just—I think it's the same concern you have about the Amazon banner. Is I just feel like, like I've listened to podcasts, kind of very low-level stuff, where people saying, you know, if you use that donate button," and I just think at the end of it, are you getting enough money to justify saying all that stuff? I mean, obviously, mm. it depends what you're doing. If you're doing stuff where it is generating it, and obviously, say, if you get £600,000, like, uh, you know, Radiotopia, then it obviously yeah. is I didn't well-worthy. get any of that, just to FYI. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: doesn't go for me. 40% of that goes to fulfilling Kickstarter rewards as well. So a lot of that is oh, going on. I, see, I feel it's
3: about a better play. Like, so if you take an advertising... Like, I feel a little bit uncomfortable. We do, we do that. But I feel a little bit uncomfortable about that because you're selling your audience to the advertiser. That's the way it
1: works. And, and I think the way we do it is kind of respectful and it's not bad. None of
2: the products have been awkward to shift, but there would yeah. be some things where we'd be like,
1: uh, Yeah, you'd have to sort of think, am I happy to be associated with this particular thing? Of yeah. Course. that's a, a basic thing. That Absolutely. Doing. Well, it's a donation thing. It's just like,
3: we're asking for money. You don't know, have to give, give, give money. With that's
2: this. We sell off the old episodes. That was kind of, yeah, I guess, model, what yeah. we did instead of asking the audience for money for just us existing. We were like, here's a yeah. thing that you might want in return for your money. So mm. that has worked out okay. Buy our old episodes and albums, listeners. Mm.
0: And use our Amazon banner. <laughs> but no, seriously, if people signed up for an Amazon Prime trial, we get £5 for everybody. Really? Directly we get £5 That's for everyone good. listening that signs up for Amazon Prime trial. But people won't Shit. do it. The last month mm. one last month.
2: We we uh, have that affiliate deal too and um, we you don't have to really... Do,
0: like, you have to go through a process yeah you put
2: you put things in the links like if you link to anything amazony then you get a tiny percentage of whatever people buy on amazon in the next two days and every month we get an email from them going you did not meet the requisite amount of earnings for us to pay you (laughs) (laughs) so i think every couple of years we make 25 quid the amazon affiliate it's hard life so yeah anyway what i want to work out is if there's a more stable existence that podcasters can have whilst maintaining independence and creative freedom and stuff. Because what I don't want is to replicate old media structures and like have. I don't want to be a gatekeeper or anything. I want anyone to be able to do it and then they'll kind of filter themselves out because it might not be for their more, like, it's tiring, as you know, because you both look like you'd like to fall asleep forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just how we look.
1: You, you were quite smart, though, in terms of you managed to sort of expand upon the idea of the show with books and albums. So you've sort of yeah. taken things... That you know, it's not a case of uh, doing something unnatural. It's a natural expansion of the show, isn't it? Into yeah. into books now.
2: The book is now available in Poundland, so maybe that expansion <laughs> of the show didn't expand that well. Yeah, but I think the the albums. I mean, the albums like a one hour long special edition of "Answer Me This" that is themed around a thing. But because of the way iTunes works, we could only put them into the music chart, and you can't describe what something is there. So because of their weird algorithms as well, with like one afternoon, we were top 20 in the music chart. So we were above <laughs> Rihanna and stuff, but there was nothing to tell people that what they were getting was like a one hour
1: spoken word track about the Jubilee rather than music. And of course, downloads count towards the chart now. So would you be been they? on top of the pops? Just oh answering one God, question. Oh my that would be my... That would be it? my dream come true. When I was little, all
2: I wanted really was to be on top of the pops. I, like My dream was to be a backing singer or something. I've no musical ability. And um, then when I, I was a temp, um, in 2003 at the BBC I was the secretary on the 1, 6 and 10 o'clock newses. and once this email went round to everybody because they, they were filming Christmas Top of the Pops in November and it was a weekday so they couldn't get enough kids in so it was just full of BBC staff <laughs> like hiding their passes like swaying along to the Christmas number one which I think at the time was um, pop idol people it was like right, the, the right. year with Michelle McManus and Sam and Mark and they had like this communal single and um, it was so, it was so demystifying I suppose. Yeah. I was like, that's what the audience was. <laughs> just bored stuff. Yeah, this is no
0: take... longer my ambition in life. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, by that point anyway, that ambition had kind of uh, retreated. I just thought it never going to happen for me. Do
1: you want to let our listeners know where they can hear more of your
2: work? Oh, yes. Uh, so Answer Me This is at answermethispodcast.com and uh, The Allusionist is theallusionist.org. Allusionist with an A. And they're on iTunes, like shows are. And uh, there are Twitter accounts for both as well. Martin,
3: uh, I'm at Martin Austwick on Twitter.
2: Tweets a lot about eggs.
3: Tweets a lot about eggs. Yeah, uh, Martin Austwick dot com has all my like who I am. And Martin's then,
2: got like four or five podcasts. Yeah, he hides his light under a bushel from what? having a full time job. He also has all these things. <laughs> going. What
3: are the other four podcasts? I just set a podcast for the same of the ladies, which is my music podcast. So every month I record a song, usually a new song, but sometimes a cover, and put it out. Uh, and I have a podcast which is kind of going on hiatus called Brain Train, where people experts ask other experts questions. Mm-hmm. So the last one we had was like a, a what was it? Who was it? Um, a, it was a historian who wanted to know about um, uh, the fairness in elections. So we got a mathematician who knew about elections, and then for the next episode, he was going to ask about um, whether smart drugs can make your brains uh, work better. <laughs> make me form sentences uh, so yeah that, that <laughs> was um, uh, but that's, that's, that's that, there's quite a few that's called, that's called Brain Train and there's one I do for work called The Global Lab which is sort of people who are interested in cities and technology talking about that and I'm about to do another one which is what for, is wrong with you I know, I know. you're I'm like doing, a one man podcast network aren't you yeah they've all got like about five listeners but it's sort of you know that's uh, like most networks yeah that's up, <laughs> up yeah um, there's a podcast I'm going to do called arts, the Arts Emergency Social Club which is this new gig I'm doing for Arts Emergency uh, which is this um, uh, like a charity helping young people from uh, kind of for want of a better word non-posh backgrounds get into the arts and sort of find mentors and connections and, and get some some help with that so we're doing like a live Gig around that. We're, we're, we're going to be interviewing cool people and having some cool people talking, and I'm, I'm sort of involved in that. And then I might be doing one around muse- museums, but I'm not sure about that. That maybe will be in March. And you
2: that. don't want to dilute your uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's,
0: there's like there's like five of them Martin Topia. Yeah, <laughs> would not I just do that? That would be brilliant.
2: Mart- Martin Mum Fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah. So if you go to martinalstreek dot com or the sound of the ladies dot com, which is more the music stuff, there's most I can find links to most of the things there, I think. Um
2: When people ask me what yeah. Martin does, I'm like
1: really like, here's some vague Ten. ideas
2: about what he has uh, on his plate but i don't really know just that. say
1: social physicist i mean that's the best one isn't it? yeah i
2: mean that's, that's really clearing it up isn't it <laughs> I mean, i'm doing a lot of
3: social physics at the moment if you're interested
2: <laughs> <laughs> Physi- Martin t-
0: physical socialist <laughs> i like that yeah, yeah. That's good. yeah maybe i'll gradually move to the that would be cool to the, to the left
2: martin's yeah. previous job he uh, cured cancer and that was a lot easier to explain to people right gave up that racket yeah that's good
0: is that no. why cancer's back then yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> back for 2015
3: 2015 yeah um yeah i made, i i paid for a wedding by lasering prostates that was uh that was something that made it into so your really. wedding speech if i remember correctly. it's
2: very romantic
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that's me that so sounds like clickbait, doesn't it? I paid for a wedding by lasering <laughs> prostates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll never believe find, what happened find next. Find that how.
3: <laughs> yeah. Laser, mostly lasering French prostates. Weirdly, I was kind of being like shipped to weird bits of France to set up lasers and
2: stare up people's a holes.
3: Yeah, stare up people's a
0: yeah. Pretty good time. <laughs> so was it to get rid of the hair? Um, or was it like a medical procedure? It was. It was, it was is it, it cosmetic? Was, <laughs> it, was, it was sort of uh, Ugly was, bulging it... prostate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Get rid of that filthy cancer. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure there was hair loss at some point as well.
3: Yeah, I think there's some shaving involved, but I didn't. Yeah. That wasn't my job. I was a physicist. Not, gonna... not a barber
1: surgeon.
2: <laughs> Maybe again, that's not a, a career barber. in the future. weekend, I was in Marseille
1: Bob shaving someone strategically. It was wonderful. <laughs> strategic <laughs> shaving, I like that. <laughs> That should be a podcast.
2: <laughs> I, do, I think that's more visual. I think that should probably be YouTube. Be I'd, li- I'd,
1: like the, I'd like the mystery, I think.
2: Really? <laughs> it's like how a lot of Radio 4 documentaries think, I wouldn't have thought that could work as audio, but you've convinced
1: me. It would be a good uh, sort of quiz mm. segment, just like the sound, and you're like, what was being strategically <laughs> <it was> shaved? <laughs> Answers next week. Do tune in. <laughs> I look I, forward I, to I'm that gonna, on the whole Fast I, Network. I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to pitch it to Resonance. They're going to go for it. <laughs>